You're listening to Guys on the Sideline Podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience. But they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Hey, everybody. Welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 89er. We're just 11 shy of 100. Thank you very much. This is your host, Jeff Glad to have March Madness back, Burton. Good to have you along as always, everybody. We are gearing up for a solo pod, so welcome to episode 89. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yours truly hanging out with you today. We got uh, Vegas insider Lando on the other side of the glass. What's up, Lando? You ready for March Madness? <laughs> Lando's the one that told me, is this not the best time for a stimulus check the week of March Madness? Seriously. Thanks, Joe. Not, not quite uh, thanks Obama, but thanks, Joe. Um, we appreciate the stimulus for those that are receiving it. We are proud to have given a voice to the sports fans all of these years. Sure, you could listen to Kenny or Charles, Shaq, Billis, Stephen A. I'm sure I'm missing a few, but that gets old after a while, right? Thanks for tuning in to us, where you'll get hot takes in every direction, like this one. Right off the top here, did you know that Dak Prescott has better odds of being Kim Kardashian's next boyfriend than the Dallas Cowboys have of winning the Super Bowl? (laughs) That's right. You don't believe us. Look it up. Plus 2,500, Dak and Kim become a thing. And plus 3,000 for the Dallas Cowboys to win it all next season. Uh, yeah, kind of a crazy thought there, isn't it? Uh, so who is the favorite, you ask? That would be Shane's Kansas City Chiefs sitting at plus 550. Oh, Lando, Lando thought I was going to ask who's the favorite to become Kim Kardashian's boyfriend. I don't know. I haven't kept up with those Kardashians in uh, quite a while. So anyway, um, seriously, admit it. You are super glad that you tuned in today. And today on the solo pod, we've got a few quick takes for you before we open up the good old mailbag. So you won't want to miss this episode. A lot of good stuff today. The week of March, man. It's going to be fun. And just to tease this a little bit, episode 90 is going to be a good one. We've got our Seinfeld madness bracket. So the best Seinfeld quote. So you will not want to miss episode 90. Um, again, sure, March Madness, one of those things where, you know, none of us really know or. It's been two years since the lights came on on March Madness, so it's going to be a fun week. You you know that there's going to be some high energy. You know that there's going to be, you know, the Cinderella story, some number ones or number twos go down. It's one of the best sports weeks of the year, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, Lando, you ready? Get started. All right, let's do it. Okay, thank you again for tuning in. We got to jump right in from the sidelines. This first one, uh, maybe you saw this in the in the news uh, a couple days ago, but Patrick Ewing, the legendary New York Knickerbocker, returns to Madison Square Garden, right where he was a dominant force through the '80s and '90s, um, fan favorite, legend there in, in the Big Apple, and uh, Patrick Ewing 
gets ID'd in Madison Square Garden and, and gets a little bit of pushback. Uh, Lando, this is what's crazy to me. Patrick Ewing is one of the most unique-looking human beings on the planet. Wouldn't you agree with me? He's huge, and he's just he's just unique, right? I mean, there's not a lot of guys that look like Patrick Ewing. So for him to get ID'd and for him to get you know, questioned as the Georgetown Hoyas coach. Uh, kind of crazy, and I don't know that that was his motivation, but the Hoyas, they roll into the tourney. And uh, good for Patrick Ewing. Uh, super happy for him. He's a good guy, a good coach, and he's he's doing great things with his alma mater. So uh, we wish him all the best getting into the tourney. And I was thinking about this a little bit. Yeah, a little-known fact here about your host, I had the privilege of volunteering at the 2002 Salt Lake Winter Games, the Winter Olympics, and uh, it was a great experience. Uh, Worked uh, there in media relations at the Salt Lake Ice Center, which was at the Delta Center at the time, uh, which was um, figure skating uh, and short track speed skating. Apollo Ono and some of the other guys, super fun. Uh, what a great experience that was. So anyway, the point of the story in connection with Patrick Ewing is this. Our um, our supervisor, his name was Ed from Boston College, and he was the sports information director there. Older guy, super knowledgeable, and got a chance to kind of shadow him and learn quite a bit from him. Anyway, we are there at uh, the Salt Lake Ice Center, and um, Ed is down a little bit further in the section, and we're, uh, we're trying to keep... Uh, you know, in the in the media section, we're trying to kind of keep people out and and keep the media funneled in, and so we're we're kind of somewhat acting as uh, as ushers, you could say. So anyway, distinguished looking gentleman walks in and 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 passes me. I see who it is, and as he starts to go uh, up towards Ed, Ed stops him and says, "Sir, I'm sorry, you cannot come in here." And the man tells him, uh, "It's okay. I own the building." It was the one and only Larry Miller. And uh, as I started to see this happen, I started to run towards Ed, and Ed was very embarrassed. And uh, anyway, I, I jumped in and said, you know, Mr. Miller, yes, go wherever you want to go. Uh, kind of funny. I don't know that Larry Miller being checked for his ID or his credentials is quite as crazy as Patrick Ewing getting stopped for his credentials. But uh, regardless, or irregardless, as they say out in Oklahoma, kind of crazy, Patrick Ewing. Uh, getting stopped there at Madison Square Garden, and this goes back to Charles Oakley and and the, and the Dolans and the feud and and how ownership there in New York are not treating uh, past players and and people that they should be treating with a little bit more dignity and respect. So kind of wild, uh, kind of crazy. So that's the first one from the sideline. The other one that I um, that I thought was kind of interesting. Just a quick little take. Uh, Rick Patino. As you know, um, has had a interesting and storied career. He's had a lot of success. Uh, he's won the big game. He's taken multiple teams uh, into the big dance. Uh, you know, he's run into some trouble as well. Congrats to Patino in his first year with Iona, which is in the New York City area, north of the city. He's taken them dancing, so uh, kind of cool. But here's my take on this. I don't know what you think, Lando, but. It's sort of to Rick Patino's advantage to coach against lesser teams and lesser talents, don't you think? Like he's been at Kentucky, uh, you know, he coached in the in the NBA. He, you know, obviously most recently with Louisville, where I think he ran into to some trouble and uh, kind of got shown the door there. And so for him to get a second or a third or whatever kind of another chance is interesting. And, and again, I I think. 
you get a good coach like that who's used to playing and coaching against the best of the best, you get him to play against lesser competition. And I don't know, I just, I think he kind of has a little bit of an advantage. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Iona uh, getting into the big dance. And, uh, you know, it, it raises the question about Les Miles. Like, do you think Les Miles will coach again? And the answer is, is there a program who is not relevant, uh, not even on the map that is willing to kind of take a PR hit and, and make a, maybe a questionable hire, maybe an Urban Meyer type hire, if you will, uh, to get somebody in that can uh, get some eyeballs your way and get a little bit of attention and, and obviously a good coach. You know, you look at Les Miles, if he were to coach, you know, in, in a lesser league, let's say he goes to the WAC or something like that, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he could have success. So it'll be interesting to follow. Um, we got to, oh, I got one more thing before we get into the mailbag. I'm thinking of starting, uh, starting a segment called Conversations with a Teenager. So my teenage son uh, the other night uh, had an opportunity to go to the jazz game, something I've not been privileged to do this um, this year. When he got home, I was like, hey, son, you know, how was the game? You have a good time? You went with a buddy. And I asked him, I said, is your friend's dad cooler than me? And he turns to me and he said, Dad, he drives a Tesla. What do you think? <laughs> I got no words. I got no, no way to rebut that, right? All right, let's uh, open up the mailbag. What do you say? All right, let's do it. Uh, this first one comes in from a contributor slash big listener, big fan, big um, supporter of the podcast, and that would be Mr. Sam Prestwich. What's up, Sam? Thank you again for your continued support. Um, Sam, if you don't know him, he is full of great questions. I was only able to select one of his questions. He, he sent me a, a slew of them. But this first one is right up my alley. It itches me where I scratch, right? You see what I did there? So Sam asks, is Adam Silver at the top of any conspiracy involving the Jazz not winning an NBA championship in the past or in the future? Sam? Really good question. You know that I could speculate on this. You know that I think there is a definite large market bias. I, I think the Los Angeles Lakers, um, sorry, Laker fan Ryan, but I, I think it is true. I think there is a bias. Now, certainly Cleveland is not a, a large market, but when you've got the biggest stars, there's a redemption story with LeBron returning uh, to Cleveland with Kyrie in his early seasons, I mean, that obviously is okay. And I'm not saying that the NBA is against the small market team, and I'm not necessarily going to put this at Adam Silver, but I'm going to say sometimes down the stretch you wonder about officiating. And, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a homer here or, or get upset uh, at, at the Utah Jazz pass, but, you know, you look at uh, Tim Donahue, if you remember him, the uh, the fixer, the official, who I think he's still in prison Lando, why don't you look that up? I, I, I think he's still uh, behind bars. But, um, you know, I mean, when you've got guys like that, when you've got gambling going on, I mean, uh, you, you never want to say never, and it, it's kind of sad. But you do hope that the sport is pure. And uh, so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Adam Silver is a top-notch commissioner. Now, David Stern, the palaver, if you remember this, Lando, it was uh, LeBron James's rookie season. So this is eons ago, 2004, no, 6, 2005, 2006. I can't remember exactly. Um, Phoenix Suns, Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash, Marion, The Matrix, uh, Standing Tall and Talented, Mr. Amari Stoudemire, all those guys, 
Uh, they were, without a doubt, the best NBA team. And if you remember, Robert Ory, cheap shots, Steve Nash into the scorer's table, and uh, Amari stands up, the rest of the bench stands up, like, like what's going on? And uh, Amari steps over the line by about six inches, and the NBA, because technically a rule is a rule, and he stepped over the line, they suspended Stoudemire for a game. You know, obviously Robert Ory got suspended, but it certainly was um, nonsense from Popovich. Uh, cannot stand Pop to this day because of that. Um, they essentially messed with the Suns, screwed him over. Uh, David Stern came to their aid. Some Phoenix Suns fans still refer to the San Antonio Spurs as the San Antonio Sterns. And um, the Spurs beat the Suns, and they go in and they cakewalk, they sweep uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers led by LeBron James in his rookie season. So still a little bitter. Um, If David Stern were the commissioner, you bet. I'd be open to hearing these conspiracy theories all day long. Um, But I'm going to say Adam Silver is good. So really good question. And um, sorry. (laughs) Sorry about the rant. Sorry about the tangent there, Sam. Next letter is from Mark in Riverton. Mark asks, Jeff, are you into the 75 hard craze at all? It's super popular, and I'm curious why you think so many people are doing it. Uh, Really good question, Mark. Uh, Thanks for the letter. Uh, I have some buddies who are all about the 75 hard. I was talking to my friend uh, Josh the other night, uh, and I think he's on like uh, day 29. So shout out to Josh. That's super impressive. Uh, They all call it the 75 hard, and I refer to it as the hard 75. Thank you. Uh, I'm curious if any of our listeners are doing the 75 hard. Uh, I did start it a bit ago, but man, oh man, that's quite a commitment. And I'm not just talking about the water intake. I mean, you've got to drink something like a gallon of water every single day. And I asked the question, is a gallon enough? I mean, why not a gallon and a half? It's intense. So a gallon of water, that would be 16 cups a day. So uh, for our listeners, if you're not doing the 75 hard, uh, I think you should start out and just try to drink a gallon of water a day and see see how you feel after that. That's a lot of H2O. Uh, I do think it's good in, in terms of water intake. Uh, you know, word of the wise, start drinking earlier in the day so you can get your water intake before 7 p.m. Otherwise, you're going to be up all night going to the bathroom. So um, I will say this, though. I, I do think that in terms of an exercise program, I think anything that gets you up and gets you going uh, can be successful. So if this 75 hard is the motivation to do that for someone, then uh, I'm all about it. I think it's great. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Mr. Timothy Ferris from The 4-Hour Workweek, one of my favorite books. But one of the things that he talks about is if your goals are not insane and they don't challenge you, they don't shock you, then you're never going to do them because they're boring. And so his point is, Go crazy, go all out, and that's exactly what I think the 75 hard is. So to the second part of your question, why do I think so many people are doing it? I kind of wonder if it's uh, you know like a post-pandemic thing. Uh, as we're winding down this pandemic and social distancing and working from home and all that, I, I wonder if there's a few people uh, talk about the, the 75 hard, what about the pandemic 30 or whatever they're calling it, right, where you've put on a few pounds. And so I wonder if people are trying to do that to get in shape uh, for when they have to return to work in person or, um, you know, start to go out on social uh, interactions again. So just just a take on that. But uh, again, 75 hard, if you're into it, that's cool. I am doing it. I'm doing a modified version. 
Uh, I don't have time, unfortunately, to exercise. I think it's exercising twice a day for 45 minutes. One of those times is outside. Uh, I'm all about getting outside. I've heard people say that 45 minutes outside is the new 10,000 steps, and I I completely agree with that. I think there's something good about getting outside, but uh, really good question, Mark. Last question comes from Bo in Utah County. Bo writes, Jeff, I loved the GameStop episode. Would love to hear more about that and other interesting takes. He asks, can you give us your take on the NBA Top Shot craze and what's going on there? Thanks, Bo. Uh, Bo, appreciate the uh, correspondence here. This is good stuff. NBA Top Shot, do I have an opinion or what? Um, Actually, what I'd love to do, Lando, uh, on the other side of the glass would you be willing to get in the booth and do a little uh, an episode all about Top Shot? Uh, I think people would love it. <laughs> yeah, okay. M- maybe. Uh, Lando gets a little uh, microphone shy, you could say. But it would be fun to get into the booth and do a an exclusive episode just on NBA Top Shot. It's quite the craze. It's really cool. For those that are not, not familiar with it, it is collecting and trading and selling digital moments. So yes, you used to buy a baseball card or a basketball card, right? Or something. And you'd, you'd physically hold the card. Well, now these are digital moments that have a serial number behind them. And some of them are very rare. So if you bought a LeBron James, you know, dunk, it could be worth a hundred thousand or something like that. Um, I don't know exactly um, some of the, the, the top moments, but it, it is really kind of cool. Lando introduced me to it. Uh, I did um, get into the queue. What was this, Lando? A couple of Saturday mornings ago. And when I got in the queue, I was 55,000th in line to purchase a pack. A pack was about to drop. And so I had to refresh my phone about every 30 minutes. And it literally took five hours. Uh, My family and I went up and went tubing at Soldier Hollow. We had a lot of fun up there. And again, I'm refreshing as we're coming down, moving up the line. Uh, We wrapped up the tubing and uh, just in the nick of time, it was my turn to purchase. It was like nine bucks at that time. And it was a ton of fun. And I was able to purchase the pack, which was cool. So I'm still learning a lot about it. I think it's still a little bit unknown. The craze is still there. It might have died down uh, a little bit. Uh, I think there's still a ton of interest. But uh, I do buy packs now uh, whenever I can get my hands on. They are limited. I do own a Donovan layup, a Kawhi three-pointer, as well as a Kawhi dunk. And I also purchased a Giannis dunk down the lane. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, haven't spent a ton of money on this. You can spend right whatever you want and purchase these moments. Uh, certainly, I don't know, own anywhere near what Lando owns. Um, but I do think it would be fun to have an episode. And we also need to follow up on the GameStop, get Cody back into the booth. Uh, so maybe we'll do that down the road. As I mentioned, we've got to shut it down for today. But just wanted to say thank you, uh, episode Uh, 89 here. We've got episode 90 coming up, which is super cool. We're 10 away uh, from 100. Thank you so much if you're recently joining the podcast or if you've listened to us uh, since the beginning. Uh, We're super excited to get to 100 and then keep going from there and keep building on it. So we're having a ton of fun. And again, we appreciate the support. We appreciate you listening. For our producer, Lando, this is Jeff saying adios and bye-bye from Guys on the Sideline. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time.